Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily Bureau Investing Podcast. Hope you had a great Thursday today. Feels like a Friday. Feels like a Friday because it is pretty much if you're in the markets, as we all are here, because the markets are closed tomorrow for Good Friday. Before I forget, hope everybody has a great long Easter weekend. And uh, you know what, man? Take some time to yourself and and you know what? Do something selfish for yourself. You know, we, we all need to recharge our batteries and uh, and just kind of refresh. We did that last weekend, went to California for a wedding in Santa Barbara Coast, just beautiful. And this whole week has felt different. It's felt lighter, you know, and I don't do that enough. I'm sure you don't either because we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're being Chinified. We're, we're, we are being Chinified if we know it or whether we, whether we like it and want to do it or not. Our work ethic is turning us into Chinese people. And if you've been to China, you know they are driven to do one thing, beat us. They're driven to beat us. I was in China for two weeks. Just a quick story. And I just left the Philippines. I, I was in the Philippines for a week. And I went to China for two weeks. The Philippines was amazing, right? Everybody loved Americans. I was the tallest person I saw for a week. So that didn't hurt. And I'm not very tall. Uh, so that was nice. Just great. We, we actually went I with the Chamber of Commerce. And we actually showed up in little towns, in little islands. We were all throughout these islands of the Philippines. They had thousands of islands. And everywhere we, show, everywhere we showed up, they had marching bands, like little city marching bands, and the best seafood spreads you've ever seen, just caught right from the ocean, right there, right there on the coast. And then I went to China. And I guess I expected the same thing. I don't know. Is that being racist? That'd be Asian people? I thought they'd be friendly. I didn't have a single Chinese person make eye contact with me. Right. It's almost like they give you a glance. Oh, it's American. And you know what? He doesn't count because the Chinese people do not like Americans. They do not like Americans. And they are they are they are bred to beat us. Just know that. Uh, and it's another reason that uh, our, our policies of our government are so insane as we uh, bef- as we empower our enemies. Uh, of course, we have communists in this country, uh, primarily throughout our government and um, you know, it's what we see here, man. It's what we see. It's that we are we are being led to led to the slaughter uh, by communists. If you've read any uh, Cloud Pivot, you know what I'm talking about. All the strategies they talk about about taking a democracy down are being employed against us right now. And you know, I, I do see that more eyes are being opened to this. More people are willing to have that conversation. Most people just aren't. And I understand it. Look, I, we do this. I'm, I do this for a living. We're in the markets, right? We we, we have to stay. Uh, uh, tuned in, unless you just trade price only and then none of this matters, right? If you're technical only, none of this matters. But if you, like me, believe that, yeah, you know what, the fundamentals and technicals do work better, best together, then um, then you like to stay plugged in. And I think more and more people are starting to, to, to wake up to the reality of this. Trump, of course, did a real good job of doing it. Uh, but our politicians, man, they're just, the, they're the uniparty. And, and we got more evidence of that today. Going to talk about what happened with Twitter today. Elon Musk making a bid. Of course, we already knew that he had acquired a nine percent stake, and then uh, you know I think we all didn't we all know? Okay, he's going he's going for this company, right? And sure enough, today he makes an offer. We're going to talk about that. Going to talk about this crazy, crazy, crazy reading from the AAII Investor Sentiment Survey that came in with the lowest reading since 1992 as far as bulls. Down to like fifteen percent bulls. That's that's uh, that that is like I say, it's a little crazy. I'll tell you what I think that means because we've got a lot of history that tells us what that means. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about inflation and Paul Volcker and the reason this this Federal Reserve, our Fed, 
is nowhere near being serious about stopping inflation because they really can't. That's why they're all jawboning. They're trying to sound as scary and fierce as possible about, oh, we're going to jack rates 77 times this year. They're not. They can't. They know it. So they have to try to talk it down. But that's why they're so freaked out because you can't talk down inflation. And inflation doesn't just go away. We have stagflation, folks. This is a real problem. Paul Volcker knew what to do with it. Jay Powell may know, but can't do it. Talk about that in a minute as well. And then my favorites, you know, the miners and energy. Here we go again. Now, this, these groups, folks, they are ready to, to go parabolic. They just are. They've had good moves so far, uh, but, but, but ready to go parabolic. Let's tell you about the markets first today. We'll get into all this. Dow Jones today. Everything, by the way, not a good day today. Yesterday was so good. Yesterday was great. The smart money hour is fantastic. We finished with the highs of the day. Uh, the internals were banging yesterday. I think three to one. Uh, three to one or better on advanced decline yesterday. We had both uh, in both NYSE and NASDAQ, we had 80% up volume days yesterday. Um, and, and pretty much the opposite today. Uh, so yesterday had the opportunity to, to mark something, I think, an important day that this is a reset and that the lows are in. I still think the lows are in for the broad market indexes, but. We're, I think we're going lower, folks. Today was pretty ugly, finishing at the lows of the day. Again, the internals weren't good all day long. Uh, let's, let's get into it. Dow Jones, again, down 113 today. Uh, again, all, all of these at the lows of the day, just but just down a third of a percent. SP 100 down, however, 1.2%. Rust 2000 down an even 1%. And our leader to the downside is not what you want to see if you're bullish, and that is NASDAQ down 2.1%, down a big 292 points. Uh, we are targeting 12 1,400 on NASDAQ. We'll call it, uh, let's call it 900 points from here. That's where next big support is as far as correction, meaning we could go down 10% from here is kind of what we're targeting. Uh, I think that's probably, I think that's probably going to happen. And one of the reasons I say that is that we just never got a, a real capitulation, never got a real flush. Uh, but, but, but <clears throat> things are breaking down. For example, the semiconductors, SMH, the semi-ETF, Today was down just under 3%, again, leading NASDAQ lower. That's the way this works. The semis lead NASDAQ. NASDAQ leads the broad market. This just holds up. It just holds up. If, that, if, if the semis are leading going up, you want to be along the market. If the semis are leading on the way down, you don't want to have a big exposure to the broad markets. Now, again, there's always somewhere you can make some money, right? And we've been doing that in the miners and the energy as you know, the utilities have been have been going uh, pretty much parabolic as well. Healthcare stocks have been doing the same, um, but you know that be, beyond what I just mentioned, everything else has been going down, and the semis are still leading lower, and they just finished off the uh, the, the March fourteenth lows today. So, our four groups we've been watching most carefully are not looking good, and they're the most important groups in the VRA investing system as far as our timing indicators and our leading economic indicators. And they are the semis, the transports, the house housing, and the bank stocks. And again, they're just, uh, they, they just aren't. They're, just not, they're not trading like they're healthy. They're trading like a flush is coming or a capitulation. And that's what we're looking for. But let me talk while I'm on the markets. Let me also tell you about what happened with this AI survey. Just stunning, really. AI uh, investor sentiment. I've been voting in this survey since I think it was 1989 or 1990. So way, way back. Uh, they started in like 2000, excuse me, 19, they started, I believe they started in 1986. 
And then uh, my mentor, Ted Parsons, told me about it. I started voting in it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I voted in it pretty much every week ever since. It's a weekly survey. And this week, it came back with a reading uh, of uh, uh, bulls. This is almost hard to believe I'm even going to say this number. Bulls down to 15.8%. Bears were up to like 45, 48%. So this is one of the lowest readings on record. It's a low, you got to go, this, this, this reading is worse than anything through the financial crisis. This reading is worse than anything through coronavirus insanity, okay? That means people are giving up the ghost. Folks, this is just, it is, it's just hugely bullish. This is big time bullish. This is very, very similar, very, very similar to when the fear and greed index would hit a two or a three. We've seen that happen twice just in the last, what, four years, right? And both times that's happened, when the fear and greed index gets to where it just literally, I mean, if you're a two, where are you going to go? You can't go negative. That's a buying opportunity. And folks, that's what this represents as a contrarian. I just, I, I may be looking for a flush and a capitulation because that's what I want to see. You know, because we want to put some more money to work. We want to get back into semis. want to get back into tech. But I cannot be bearish with these with this AAI survey number. The other sentiment surveys aren't here yet. Like they're, they're in bearish territory and some of them are getting extreme-ish. But this is big time extreme. Let me give you the facts of this because this is where the rubber meets the road. So you're not just so it sounds like it's conjecture, Kip, or some subjective reasoning. No, it's not. Here are the facts. Going back all the way to the creation of this survey, again, mid-1990s, okay? When the bear, the bulls had been this low, and I think it's anything below 19% bulls. Here's, it's only happened nine times. This is the 10th, okay? Here's what's happened over the next six months. The market's been higher over the next six months. In every case, Period. In all nine cases, the market's talking about the SP 500 has been higher, and the average gain has been 18%. Over the next year, once again, the SP 500 has been up 100% of the time, and the average gain has been 24%. Okay? Folks, this is, this is, this is usable. You know, some of this quant stuff and analytics, I could take it or leave it. This is good data. And so, again, this fits with what we've been talking about here, which this looks like it's a reset, both for the economy uh, and for uh, uh, um, in the stock market. That's what it looks like. You know, we're going to get to the uh, midterms, and unless something really goofy happens, it's going to be, I mean, it's just going to be, dims are just going to get utterly demolished. Because even if you don't want to go vote, this is an opportunity to say, Honestly, to, 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 to Joe Biden, this is everybody in this country's opportunity to say, fuck you, Joe Biden. That's what this is. And you can do it. It's not a presidential election. So how do you do it? You vote against every Democrat running in your area. That's how you do it. In your state, in your area, you vote against them all. And even if you don't, don't like or know who the Republicans are, you vote for them. Because that's how you, that's the only way you send a message to these people that they're going to understand is to completely wipe the, out these midterms, which certainly looks like it's going to be the case. The point I'm trying to make here is that this. All of this fits into what we've been saying about this being a reset, not the end of a bull market, not the time to be worried about a big, big move lower, but a time to start getting ready to be positioned for what's coming next 
if you remember our views, and they haven't changed, we're looking for Dow Jones 100,000 uh, by the end of 2026. And that's a big move higher from here. You know, look, it may be 2027, 20, it doesn't matter, right? Big move higher over the next four or five years is what we're calling. And it fits really well with everything up to a reset, the midterms. We know that DC, the markets love gridlock in Washington, DC, as much as they love anything. Something else they really love is they love the year after midterm elections. These are high probability, high probability uh, uh, investment formulas here we're talking about. Mid, uh, gridlock, uh, the year after the midterms. Now we've got the AAI sentiment survey telling you that uh, the next six months to one year, 100% probability the market will be higher with gains of 18 to 24%. You see, it's all starting to line up. That's how we're... That, that's how we make decisions here. You know, you just take all the pieces you can find that are credible, that have, that have stood, stood the test of time, and then you make your best decisions. That's all you can do. We had the advantage of having the VRA investing system on top of that. And so when that's confirming what we're hearing from other places, that gives us the confidence to move forward and to make really good decisions. So there you go, folks. That, that's where we are in the markets and the economy. I got I to gotta make one more point about inflation. I'll go ahead and get this out of the way now. I talked about it some yesterday. It's an important point. I don't think most people understand this. Inflation doesn't just go away. And I, and I know, you know, we're all, I don't think anyone thinks it's just going to go away necessarily. But what most people think is that, okay, it's, it, okay, we've hit a peak and now it's going to start getting better and better and better. And it may. We all hope it will, right? But that's not what typically tends to happen. When prices, when higher prices get baked into the cake, Companies are making more money. If they cut prices, that's cutting into their profits. They're very reluctant to do that. It's like getting it's like getting your taxes lowered. Governments don't want to do that. They're addicted to the money. I, I, to make a, quick, a long story short, Jay Powell, if he were serious about tackling inflation, he would do what what uh, what Paul Volcker did in 1981. What did Paul Volcker do? He took the interest rates, the Fed funds rate, to twenty. 20%. Today, our rates, our Fed funds rate, is at a quarter to a half a percent. Does anybody see Jay Powell taking the Fed funds rate today to 10%? Why did Pat, why, by the way, why did, why did Paul Volcker do that? Because to choke off inflation, in your, your Fed funds rate, the Fed rate, must be higher than inflation itself. Well, today was inflation, 8, 10, 12%, depending on the, the PPI, the CPI you're looking at, right? Let's call it 10% for simple math. Does anybody see Jay Powell taking the Fed funds rate to where it is today, a quarter of a percent to 10% to really choke off inflation and to do it in a hurry? No, of course not. Crash the whole system. The entire financial system as we know it globally would systemically melt down were the Fed to do it. So the Fed's trapped. They know it. And it may sound like I'm being ultra bearish here. I'm not. But I would tell you that this is a real problem. And here's the, here's the, next, here's the next look through to the next problem. Because what the Fed has done with financial engineering, going back to the birth of quantitative easing, after, after, not, after well, it was really after the financial crisis, but they pretty much did the same thing after 9-11 when they dropped rates to zero, Okay. What the Fed has done is gotten the markets, the entire financial system, addicted to this financial engineering. That means the next time we have a recession, 
and we're probably going to have a recession. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens this year. I, I'm in the minority there. I know that. None of these economists, by the way, they're all on the pay, Fed's payroll, <laughs> at least a thousand of them are. And they're all saying the economy is good. I, I think the economy is in pretty good shape. But you see what's happening in housing. You see what's happening in the semis. You see what's happening in, in transports. And now bank stocks. These groups are breaking down. These are leading indicators. If we go into a recession, what's the Fed going to do? If we go into a recession and inflation's still high, let's say inflation's still 7 8%, and we're in a recession come the midterms. I think that's about when it'll happen. They'll put it off. Of course, you don't call a recession until after you know you're in it. Many times you're in the recession six months before they even, sometimes you're out of the recession before they even call it, call it a recession. But regardless, let's say we're in a recession by the end of the year. What's the Fed going to do? What's the Fed going to do? If they, uh, if, they, if they launch more QE, and if we have more government stimulus to try to battle and combat a recession, which is now their, you know, their, uh, their MO, all that's going to do is foster more inflation. So they're really going to be stuck. And I think we could probably all agree that if the Fed hadn't come in in the financial crisis and they hadn't come in and built out the system, we were in a depression, folks. We were in a depression, and it would have been ugly. It would have been several years. But, you know, it would have been great. We'd have gotten, we'd have gotten all the excesses out of the system. But they couldn't let that happen because their banker buddies were going to lose too much money. So they came in and saved the day with quantitative easing. Remember, up to $4, billion, $4 trillion in QE. So they can't, if they can't do that this time, as leveraged as our financial system is now in the U.S. and globally, and as short as the world is on U.S. dollars. Look at the dollar. Tyler and I were just talking about this before the podcast. The dollar is zooming, okay? And that's only going to continue, folks. That's a problem. These are all signifiers that rates are going to keep going higher because the Fed is desperate, and it's the one thing they can control. Uh, this is a completely different tune than I've sung before because I did not see this. Inf- I didn't see it coming. Uh, frankly, here's what I thought. I thought they'd hide it. They've been lying to us about inflation for forever. You know, the shadow stat inflation number, we're already at 18% right now. And they've had us over the last 10 years at 8 to 10%. I think we probably would, I think most of us agree to that. Inflation's been running hot. But now it's being validated. It's being validated by the official data. That's how bad it is. So when they say it's 8 to 10%, that means it's 15 to 20%, right? So the Fed's really walking a tightrope. And I'll just, uh, I'll close with this because I tweeted this out last night. And we talk about, here's the VRA all the time. There are great ways to beat inflation. And most of us are doing it now, even if you don't realize you are. If you own real estate or a home, you're beating inflation. If you own gold, silver, the miners, oil, nat gas, energy stocks, and even Bitcoin and guns and ammo, guess what? You're beating inflation. Now, it doesn't mean that very day, you know what I mean? But th- these are all... These are all in, 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 uh, uh, inflationary assets that you want to own. And it probably means the stock market's going to go up. The stock market, frankly, loves inflation. So it's, it, at some point, it becomes a timing game when you go, okay, you know what? It's time to, to book our gains. It's time to get, let's, let's go to 80% cash in the market. And now let's allocate those funds to gold and silver, et cetera. Maybe gun, more guns and ammo, energy stocks, et cetera. Uh, and again, that's, that's, what, that's what we use the very investment system for, is to try to time those decisions best we can. Uh, but the problem here is that longer term inflation is not going away. It's a conversation that more Americans should be having. And by the way, when you have a lot of inflation, you want a lot of debt. You want a lot of debt. 
you want a lot of fixed interest, low interest debt. All right. So you're paying back people with cheaper money. Okay. And so again, these are all things that, you know what, most of you are probably doing and don't even realize it. And my, you know what, my hat's off to you. Congratulations, because you've made great decisions. And now you're, you're, you're in a position to beat, to beat, to beat inflation. Uh, okay, let's move on now. I want to, I really want to get into um, this Twitter stuff today for a second, because, wow, I don't even know how to say this, so I'll just say it. Elon Musk, <laughs> Elon Musk runs what? What are the companies? Let's see, Tesla, uh, part Solar City's part of that, SpaceX, the Boring Company, Neuralink, and now he's got time to run Twitter, to buy out Twitter and run it. I'll just say this. If I ever, if anybody ever hears me complain about being too busy, just slap the shit out of me. All right, pull a Will Smith and just knock me down. But the second point I'll make is, you know, we've heard over the years that it's possible and maybe even likely that aliens walk among us. Folks, if that's true, this guy is at the top of that list. Elon Musk must be an alien. I could actually tell you a story about somebody that tells me he is. Uh, but, uh, I can't give away too much because he worked with Elon for a number of years and he made me swear to never, ever put the two together. Uh, but, uh, he said the same thing. He said, he's the smartest person I ever met times two. And I'm pretty smart. And he said, I know a lot of smart people. And he said, Kip, if aliens walk among us, he's that the, he's the guy. He, he, he's the guy. So anyway, uh, it, it is incredible what Musk is doing now. And he's taken on a pretty, pretty big enemy. And I'm, I'm not talking about Twitter's board. And I'm not even talking about the Saudi kingdom, which Elon went after today. I'm talking about Elon's making now the same enemies that Trump made. Remember, we had to witness for four years what, remember Chuck Schumer? Chuck Schumer's warning to Trump, if you go after the intelligence community, they have six ways to Sunday to get you. So the smile on his face and what started happening Boom, they started impeaching him. All, the, all these bogus news stories started coming out, right? Russia, Russia, Russia. They, they, they got him, right? Now, Elon Musk is taking on the same people. CIA, the intelligence community, Justice Department. Trump went after them all, and they, went, they, they bit back. Now Musk is doing it. Now, how do I say that? Because, folks, Twitter has always been a product of the intelligence community. It, 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 it's, it's one of the worst kept secrets there is. CIA, deep state, intelligence community, whatever you want to call it, Twitter is controlled by that group. And the deep state, as you see, they love to silence and censor anyone that gives them a hard time, and that explains a lot, doesn't it? And now Musk is going after them. So this will be very interesting, because again, we should expect they're going to fight back. And they already started today. Breaking earlier today, we found out that uh, this is from uh, Charlie Gasparino and Fox Business said that a legal source told him that the SEC and the Justice Department have launched what they describe as a joint investigation into a myriad of Musk regulatory issues, primarily involving Tesla, primarily. So in other words, wide ranging. They're already coming at him, shot across the bow. What's Musk going to do? He likes these battles, doesn't he? 
He loved going after the SEC. And he's loved attacking anybody that's tried to come at him hard. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens here. It's going to be very interesting to see. And I think we're all, I think, I think, I think the vast majority of us that aren't related to the deep state are rooting for this guy. And then earlier, then just after today, just a couple of hours ago, the Saudi kingdom, this Prince Alawid, came at Musk saying that they were, they didn't, uh, the offer, by the way, is uh, uh, $54.20 a share cash. That's the offer that Musk made to buy Twitter. All cash. That's $43 billion. And, and uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the Saudi uh, prince, Alawid, uh, came back and said, this is, that's, that's not appropriate. It's not enough money. There's, there's too much value here. And by the way, he's not wrong there. I, I, I was all over on this. I've been all over on this since, uh, really since this news first broke, that uh, Musk had, had acquired a 9% stake. I fully expect to see a bidding war here, okay? Fully expect. I bought, I bought shares of Twitter today. I bought stock options of Twitter today. Going out a few months. I fully expect that a bidding war is going to involve here. Because, folks, Twitter... Twitter is the town square for the world. There's nothing quite like it. And value today uh, at $38 billion, which I think is about where it closed. Again, his offer is $43 billion. It closed today at, at a market cap of $38 billion. This company, I could make a strong case that this company is worth $80 to $100 billion and probably $100 billion plus. Because it's the brand that really has no competition. Now, Trump Media is coming, but again, it's a startup. You've got the others that are out there. You've got the getters of the world. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I forget the names of the other ones, frankly. But you know, there are other options. Insta, of course. But nothing out there quite like Twitter. Everybody wants to be in the town square having a voice. The problem with Twitter is, because it's been run by the intelligence community, they really haven't given a shit about profits. They just don't care. This company, run correctly, is a cash money printing machine. There are about 10 ideas that I have to monetize Twitter, and they're not like rocket science. Everybody knows how these would work. Various ways to monetize Twitter and to charge people for various services, to charge people for build, help, helping to build their business. There are so many ways that Twitter could monetize what they're doing. And the share price could probably double in six months just on making these changes. First off, get President Trump back on Twitter. Get, get, definitely get Trump back on Twitter. And take about, I don't know, of the, let's call it, 4 million people that they banned how about undoing 90% of those bans? Get those people back on Twitter. Let's have actual conversations again with true free speech once again on Twitter. And again, that's not what the CIA, the intelligence community, the deep state, that is not what they want. They want to control this. And now we're getting down to what really matters most. Because folks, the left, they have no real power. Their power is their, is their control. And it's their ability to use the government uh, and, and the boot of the government down on your throat. That's their power. But they are in the vast minority, right? We are like the 90%. They're the 10%. They're the elite, the smarmy, the intelligence community, the deep state, the uniparty, right? The elite ruling class. That's them. That's the Twitter crowd. That's who controls it. They don't just control Twitter, they control all of social media, and they control all of mainstream media. If you watched Fox News recently, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Complete sellouts. All of them. Unwatchable. But folks, we knew this right away. When they started censoring people and banning people and deplatforming people, we knew right away what a sign of weakness that was. Because when you're in the truth and when your position is strong, you don't have to ban anybody or censor anybody or shadow ban anybody or deplatform anybody. Because your position holds up. Why would you care if they're wrong? Right? that's, That's how we knew. That was the tell. That was always the tell. And it's a big sign of weakness. And so they're, they, they're losing. They're losing. And this is why it's so great to see the, the employees of Twitter just having uh, just a, 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 you know, a, a screen bath you know, together and losing, just pulling their hair out. You know, they just can't believe, oh, my God, we're going to lose our power because it's about power and control. It's an extension of the intelligence community and the CIA. And Elon Musk is taking all of this on because he knows he represents the vast majority this is, this is going to be the battle, I think, of the decade. I think it will be a bidding war. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like a, somebody, whoever comes in and makes another offer. Because, by the way, they, the, the board can't just say we're not going to consider your offer because you're Elon Musk and we don't like you because you're a, you're a free speech patriot. If the board does that, they are open to being sued because they represent shareholders. And you... Companies only answer to one group, and that's the shareholders. That's when you go public, that becomes the deal. You give up what you may want to do to what the shareholders tell you to do. And of course, that's changed a little bit with ESG and all this other uh, communist crap. But by and large, that's how the law is still written. So that means if this board of Twitter decides not to even consider the offer and says, no, no, you're, we're just not going to go away, just go away, flee, then shareholders can sue the board. Personally, right? Personally. That, that protection, uh, that corporate shield no longer applies because now you are intentionally damaging your shareholders. So they have to consider the offer, which tells me there's got to be a competing offer. I wouldn't be all surprised, folks, to see another big name like a Tim Cook at Apple, right? Or, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe uh, pick any big, big liberal. But here's, what you, here's the thing. Whoever it is, whoever comes in and makes these offers, all won't be our, they're not our friend. Okay, They are making that offer on behalf of the deep state, on behalf of the elite ruling class. That's why this battle is going to be so amazing. And this seems to be the perfect guy to do it, doesn't it? We have four people, four people in this country that are essentially saving America. Right? Donald Trump. No particular order. Oh, no. Trump's first. Trump, sorry. Trump is first. Then no particular order. Trump, Elon Musk, Ron DeSantos, and Tucker Carlson. These four people are saving America. And by the way, we got 100 million patriotic Americans right by their side rooting them on. Probably more than that. That doesn't even include all the good juju we're getting and the vibes we're getting globally. Because everybody around the world knows if America falls to communism, it is over for the planet. So they're rooting for us, right? And that's just the energy we have to tap into. I, I, I believe America's days are in front of us. I think we win this. And it's going to be fun. That's why this battle is so important. And it's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, okay, there's the Twitter story. I do think a bidding war takes place here. I would not be surprised to see a final deal get done at $70 a share plus. Again, Elon's offer today is 5420 
And I do think the stock is a good buy here. I think it's a great buy here, as a matter of fact. Stock's cheap. Market cap today, again, just $38 billion. Uh, it's worth $100 billion. It may be worth more than that. All right. Uh, what else today? Uh, let's look at the internals. Again, these are not good today. Under the hood. Uh, two to one negative. We'll just uh, let's, let's keep it simple, right? NASDAQ, two to one negative for advanced decline. NYSE, two to one negative, advanced decline. NASDAQ on volume, two to one negative on volume. NYSE on volume, two to one negative. Two to one negative across the board. And again, we've got the problem now uh, of 52 week highs lows. Where we get uh, close to 600 stocks hit a new 52 week uh, low today to only 230 or so hitting a new 52 week high. And so, again, we're getting back to these kind of readings that you just don't want to see. You know my thoughts? I want to see a flush. I want to see capitulation. I do think the lows are in. We're looking to buy. But I think until then, I think this market has got some downside to it. That's it. And then all the other things kick in, right? We talked about earlier. Um, in our uh, sector watch today, of our 11 SP 100 sectors, nine finished lower, two finished higher, led to the downside by uh, technology. Again, leading the downside. Not what you want to see. Down 2.4%. Communication services down 1.8%. Consumer discretionary down 1.5%. To the upside, very little. Energy up a four-tenths of 1%. Utilities up fractionally. But again, it's these groups that are leading that we have an interest in big time, don't we? Energy stocks, miners. I got to tell you, um, gold was down today. Silver was down today. And the miners, talking about GDX, the, mi the miner ETF, and there's GDXJ, which is the junior miner ETF, and you've got all these others to follow, but like NUGT is the leverage one. Uh, we own these. GDX today opened down, I think I saw 1.5%, I think, in, in, in that range. And then, boom, even when gold stayed down to it today, again, gold was down 4 tenths 1% today, here came the miners again. GDX miner ETF hit another 18-month high today, okay? It's working on a, a fresh MACD buy signal. It's got this group, uh, gold, silver, miners. They all have multiple golden crosses of buy signals taking place, both the 50 over 100 day, 200 day and the 100 over 200 day. And then we've got right on, all this is happening where we're in a, a global commodity super cycle in just year two of that. They last five and a half years on average. And you've got the fact that the Fed's hiking rates. And we know from history the last 20 years that the, the, the gold, silver, and the miners love rising rate cycles. And you've got the dollar soaring. And, 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 and this group is soaring. That's not supposed to happen. That's not a high correlation trade, yet it's still happening. It, it, this is this is one of the situations where all the stars are aligned. Now, we've been saying that for some time, okay? GDX is up 40% since the end of January. It's been a great trade, okay? But I think it's just beginning. This is, a, I believe, a multi-year, probably the bull market of bull markets for this group. And uh, we're, uh, again, we're pounding the table on this one. Uh, let's say about actually what the commodities did today. Again, they were down, but still, the when the miners are higher... And the miners are leading the underlying uh, commodity itself. That's traditionally been, historically speaking, one of your biggest buy signals. And again, they're all, I'm telling you, they're just all lined up. There's one thing that hasn't happened yet that still needs to happen. And if this happens, then we go parabolic. And that is volume. Where's the volume? I'm looking again today. GDX today traded 21 million shares. <laughs> this group should be trading 60 to 80 million shares a day. Right on this breakout, and it is clearly a break 18 month high. It's a clear breakout. Happened this week. But where's the volume? Still hasn't come in. I, it's a head scratcher for me. 
Uh, and it's still, it does. It, it does concern me. I don't know where the volume is. Uh, usually this is when you know, all the, uh, the, 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 the big moneyed investors are coming in heavy. And then you've got the, the robots, you know, that are, that, are, uh, that are all out. All the algorithms are coming in together. And it hadn't happened yet. It's okay. It'll happen. Uh, and when it does, then this group really does go parabolic. As far as the metals themselves today, a commodity watch. Uh, let's get to that here. Quick refresh. Uh, gold today. Came back from the lows, uh, closed, closed down nine and a half dollars an ounce in 1975. Actually, hit a low of a uh, 1961, so about 14 dollars uh, an ounce off the lows. Silver down 28 cents an ounce at 25.75. Copper up uh, up fractionally at 4.71 a pound. Oil today again it gets but low 100. Here we go again. Oil wants to go higher, folks. Up two dollars 11 cents a barrel today, 106.36. And again, energy stocks just like the miners are leading gold and silver. Energy stocks, the XLE is the energy ETF, is leading oil. And it's really been leading over the last two months. That's what you want to see. Again, we love these energy stocks here. Same thing applies both, energy stocks and miners. They are 50% or so too cheap. Just based on price to cash flow, price to book, price to earnings, these multiples matter, these metrics matter. And these stocks, even if, even if oil and natural gas and gold and silver stayed flat for a year, these stocks are 50% too cheap. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So, uh, again, they're a slam dunk buy, uh, and that's why we would continue to pound the table. We'll let you know when that's changed. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. Um, also, uh, 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 Bitcoin today. Um, well, Bitcoin's trading like NASDAQ. Have you seen the, 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 the chart of this? The correlation's crazy. It's like if you own, what's, why, why do you want to own Bitcoin? Just to buy NASDAQ. They they move together. That really shouldn't happen. If it's store of value, your 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 underlying you know asset in this case Bitcoin should not be trading like you own a Nasdaq stock. But it is Bitcoin back down fourteen hundred dollars today at thirty nine thousand six ninety eight. Uh, again, I just like gold and silver in this environment. I think it's their time. I think this is the bull market. The bull market is precious metals and miners, and of course a global commodity super cycle that also favors energy and energy stocks. That's where we're positioned heavily, and I think that's where the money is to be made this year and probably longer. I don't think most people realize how high these stocks are going to go, uh, but they're really going to zoom. Um, and again, we'll love watching the Twitter battles, battles well. All right, folks, that's all I got for the day. Again, hope you had a great week. Have a great long uh, Easter weekend, and um, you know, enjoy Good Friday and uh, being around family and friends. And uh, listen, we'll see you back here again Monday after the close.